Hey everyone, welcome back to the Next Gen Leadership Podcast. If you're joining us today, you're desiring to grow as a leader. Our goal on the show is to reproduce well-rounded leaders so that we can impact the next generation of leaders. And each month we invite on a new leader onto the show who's got a different story and some leadership insights that we might not have ourselves. And today we've got my pastor, Pastor Angelo Fleece on the show. Say what's up to everybody out there. What's up everybody out there? (laughs) It's going to be a great show. We're excited about it. This one's been a long time coming. We've been waiting to bring PA on the show when the time was right and now is the time. I'm looking forward to it. We've got a great topic we're going to talk through today. Um, One thing that I've learned from PA in the last, you know, couple of years um, is how to have guts in the, in the midst of leadership and situations. And so um, if you didn't know already, Pastor Angelo has been serving as the lead pastor of Rock Church, which is my church, uh, for the last 20 years. And uh, well, some would debate 20 years, 21 years. That's not going there. We won't go there today. Uh, but on the episode today, we're going to talk about having leadership guts. Here's the question I want you to ask yourself as we talk through some of these things. Do I have what it takes to be a leader? Do I have what it takes to be a leader? Mm-hmm. This is going to be a tough one to talk about. But before we dive into that, uh, PA, why don't you talk about your life, talk about your story, um, maybe your testimony of how you came to know Jesus, uh, and maybe some stories we've never heard before here on the podcast too. Oh, boy. I don't know if there's anything you guys haven't heard before. <laughs> I had this incredible encounter with Jesus in March of 1986. 19- Way to go, Peyton. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just got really caught up in the party scene. Um, but I think... I think the bigger uh, situation with my testimony was my relationship with my dad was uh, very uh, intense, mm. uh, very tense, uh, wasn't healthy at all, mm. uh, caused me to have a lot of self-doubt and fears and, and attitudes and rebellion and the list goes on, led into a lot of uh, being unteachable, uncoachable. Mm. I've shared stories before on how I beat up my baseball coach. <laughs> And I usually usually say that when you beat up your coach, that's a good sign that you're uncoachable. And really, my the, the, the probably the greatest miracle in my testimony isn't so much that I got delivered from the party scene. To me, it was just getting getting that rebellion out of my heart, becoming teachable, mm-hmm. becoming coachable. When people see me now that knew me growing up, probably the thing that they bring up the most was, I can't believe you are now a leader, right. a pastor. Not so much because of my sinful past as much as I was just extremely rebellious and very uncoachable. Yeah. And uh, to me, that's the greatest miracle that God did in my life. I think it's so interesting. You brought it up. I was going to say it, is that as a leader, I mean, even even as a Christian, as a leader, it's so easy for people to go, that guy, that guy will right, never right. be blank, you know? And so as we listen to the podcast, as we you know, record new episodes. I'm always learning insights that make me a better leader, but also like as a, whoever's listening, the listener can gain insights and grow day by day. And, but you can't do it without God. Like, I mean, that's the number one. You have to have Jesus Amen. when you do that. Thing, I'm still, so. I'm still, you know, a bit of a maverick, you know, <laughs> and I think that has a lot to do with, with being gutsy in the area of leadership. Yeah. Know? So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the idea of leadership guts. Um, how would you define leadership guts for somebody who doesn't know what we're talking about today? I think you got to start first of all with just talking about leadership gifts or the gift mm-hmm. of the gift of leadership. And then I'll, I'll get into the guts if you don't mind. Um, yeah, I think of Romans chapter twelve where Paul says, you know, we have different gifts. I think it's verse six, and then in verse eight he says, if it's the gift of leadership, to lead, right, mm-hmm. or to govern, uh, and to do it diligently and to do it zealously. Um, I've always told people that the gift of leadership is really a God-given grace 
a God-given empowerment or an anointing to inspire and kind of stretch others to accomplish their God-given purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just would add to that, you know, the gift of leadership is really the ability to to get others to follow you, right? You yeah. know, whatever your mission is in life, uh, your vision, if you can't get people to follow you, you're probably not leading. And it's also just the ability to, to build teams that accomplish the mission right. and the vision God gave you. Um, but here's the point. Um, you can lack the gift of leadership, I believe, and still be a great leader. I, I believe there's lots of people hmm. that don't necessarily have that, that natural gifting of leadership, but they're still great leaders. Um, one would it be to, to study the topic of leadership. If you study the topic of leadership, mm-hmm. you can gain a lot of wisdom and you can get a lot of experience. Uh, and the other thing is what we're talking about today. You know, if, if you don't have the gift of leadership, you got to have the guts. Yeah. If you want people to follow you and you're going to build teams that are doing crazy things for Jesus, you got to have, have the guts. So um, I don't think there's a lot of scripture that describes the guts of uh-huh. leadership, but there are a lot of biblical examples that that describe or give uh, models of, of gutsy leadership. I'll give you a few real quick. I believe I, I believe Noah, uh, Solomon, Mary, and John the Baptist had the guts uh-huh. of leadership, but they might not have had the, the gift of leadership. And then you got guys like Elijah, maybe Jeremiah, Solomon, Timothy had the, the gift, okay, but they lacked the guts. Right. They weren't, they didn't have the guts of leadership. At least that you can sense that a little bit when you read through the scriptures. Now, some biblical leaders might have had both, the gift and the guts. Guys like Joseph and, and Joshua, David, Nehemiah, Esther, and Paul, probably all of those had both the gift and the guts of leadership. Right. Real quickly, um, Moses, I believe, is an interesting leader, uh, character. Uh, at times, you see the gift of leadership and the guts, but most of the time, you don't necessarily see the, see the gift. You, yeah. you see a guy that's going to have to be a little bit gutsy here. And I would say the same thing with a guy like Peter. He's an extremely interesting leader who probably had the gift, but he starts off lacking the guts, but he sure gets the guts. When, right. when you die upside down on a cross, and right. you do the crazy things you did in the book of Acts, 3,000 people get saved on the day of Pentecost, you're probably pretty gutsy. Right. So those are some examples. To me, gutsy leadership is not about abuse. It's not about selfish ambition and selfish agendas. It's got yeah. nothing to do with you know, performance or pressure and, and being on a power trip. It's really having a backbone. Wow. It's, it's really about the guts of leadership is bravery. It's fortitude. Mm-hmm. It's that moral fiber. Yeah. It's that willingness to take a risk, you know. And I would say it's, it's courage. It's yeah. the guts to take to make tough decisions as well as to to go the direction that God's leading. Yeah, I was going to say, if you sum that all up, it'd be like to go for it, right, yeah, is, is it. to really go for it. And I think that there's there's a clear difference. I think some leaders think that they're gutsy, but really they, they're just rude. <laughs> you know, honestly, yes. I think there's there's a good balance between the two of those, you know, where you're gutsy and you're, okay, I'm going to do it even though it's, it's risky. Uh, and some people just like to call themselves gutsy, but, you know, they're, yeah, they're just yeah. rude, you know. Yeah, exactly. They're rude. They're obnoxious. Yeah. Uh, they're arrogant. Uh, the list goes on. They think they're bold, yeah. but they really have an attitude issue, and they think they think it's it's gutsy. It's, yeah. It's, it's so if you're out there and you're thinking, <laughs> "Am I this? Am I really?" The, I, if you're wondering or you're you're you know insecure about, I don't think that's you. I think we're speaking to a lot of leaders that are humble enough to say, "Okay, I want I want to learn how to go for it more in right. in my ministry." So, Good. but why is it important 
why, why would you say it's important for a leader to develop leadership guts in their leadership? And let me give a quick little context to this. We've got a lot of new leaders. I'm specifically here serving in Rock Kids, Rock mm-hmm. Students, Rock Young Adults. So as we talk, we're really talking to people who generally want to grow and want to gain some more leadership principles. So why is it important for maybe a new leader to, to gain this principle? Well, first of all, leadership's tough. It's going to take guts, mm-hmm. right? It's difficult. It's lonely, and I would say leadership is very needed. Um, and I think it's getting tougher. And I've been in this thing, you know, since March of 1986. I've been a leader since the late 80s. Yeah. And I, I think it's I think it's getting tougher. Um, a lot of people have maybe preach uh, preachers in their life that they'll listen to, but they don't have a lot of pastors. They don't have a lot of leaders mm. that they're necessarily listening to. Uh, so it's getting tougher, I think, to to be a leader, and because of that, I think I think we're going to need some gutsy leaders. Yeah, because a lot of people really don't want to hear what others have to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of a couple of areas of scripture, um, you know, Matthew chapter nine, where Jesus talks about, you know, you know, having compassion on the crowds because they're harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Yeah, sheep without a leader. Mm-hmm. I mean, the reason why it's important to 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 to, to get guts is because we live in a generation that's leaderless. Wow. And they need somebody that will have the bravery to speak the tough things mm-hmm. into their life, right? And then I also think about Acts chapter 20. I won't get into the whole passage, but it just talks about wolves and deception and mm-hmm. and, and you know basically false disciples yeah. uh, pulling people after them instead of towards, towards Christ. It's going to take gutsy leaders to fight against that stuff right? because a lot of times people don't want to, don't want to address those types of issues. And you can have the gift of leadership right. and have a lot of people following and all that good stuff, but it takes gutsy leaderships to say that's that that there is deception, that there is possibly a wolf's in sheep clothing. Right. And you need gutsy leaderships to say the tough things that people need to hear. It's it's so easy to blend in the crowd and and do what the sheep want, yeah, instead of what do you need to do to protect? What do you need to do when a situation arises? I would say that gutsy leaders tend to tell people what they need to hear. Wow. And and not what they want to hear. That's so good. So this podcast, I don't know if I've said this a lot on the podcast, so I'll say it here. I'll probably say it more in the future. This podcast was designed to hear stories. We really want to hear stories because I think stories paint a picture of the principle that we're talking about. Can you share a time? I'm sure you've got tons of horror stories, right, where you're probably still uh, reflecting back on. But can you share a story or two where you had to have some serious gut checks when it came to ministry? Yeah, I could share quite a few, Peyton, on that one. Um, <laughs> Trying one to of, get the juicy stuff. Yeah, out the of one that comes to my mind, most people know, I, we, Kim and I planted Rock Church. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you face a lot of opposition when you're when you're stepping out to do, you know, something like planting a church. Right. Uh, I'm just being real. It's just there's a lot of territorialism, and it was very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I was coming up with almost every excuse in the book to say, Here's the reason why we're not going to do it. Right. And one of my pastor friends, I called him up and I, I told him why Kim and I probably weren't going to go for it. And he just came back with sissy. <laughs> you know, I mean, he just called me a sissy. I said, sissy? And those, them fighting words. Yeah. You're, just, you're just afraid. You just you just don't want to do it because, yeah, you know, it's going to be difficult. You know, you're going to ruffle some feathers. You know, it's going to be, you know, a very tough thing to do. And you're mm. just being a sissy, you know, and every not every time I see him, but. Many times when I see him, I, I'll call him a sissy. You know? Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, but 
it, you know, that was it was just a gut check. It was a yeah. gut checking moment for me as this one guy just called me out and said, you're just being afraid. You know God's called you to do this, mm-hmm. but you're not stepping out to find out. You're not willing to go for it because of your fear kind of a thing. Wow. So that would be one story. Um, I, I just think like recently there's been a lot of uh, confrontations that mm-hmm. you know I've been afraid to kind of step into and the spirit of God is just challenging me like uh-huh. listen that's gutsy leadership too yeah okay you planted a church 20 years ago but can you speak into your church today that's so good you know yeah can you can you have the hard conversations mm-hmm. uh the the conflict resolution that's desperately needed today and a lot of pastors you know they might have the gift again to do a lot of you know vision casting and yeah. dreams and team building and stuff like that but they don't have the guts to have that confrontational right conversation but that's gutsy too it's so funny because i you know i'm still relatively a new leader a young leader um and i thought early on when i had really hard conversations that i never thought i would have right like well that's the hardest it's gonna get and i'm like realizing no it's not it's gonna get harder and so i think having that mentality of never being done never even though you might move on to a different thing in your life right you're never done being a leader you're never done having never to done. make gutsy calls and so well the early days of the church i was a very diplomatic leader mm. you know i still like to be collaborative yeah okay but you know as i grew as a leader and as i read about leadership i, I found out that as the church grows i need to be more direct wow. you know yeah and i really struggled with that you know years ago where i didn't want to be direct and again God's just challenged me. Mm-hmm. You've got to be more direct. You can't be diplomatic about everything. People need to know where you want to go or where you're sensing God wants us to go. So I had to start being more direct. It was a little bit difficult for me right. because I'm more wired to what do you think, what do you feel, what do you guys all want to do? And there's a time and a place for both. But generally mm-hmm. speaking, as the organization gets bigger, the leader has to lead better and has to be more direct. That's really good. That's so good. So let's talk particularly towards an individual leader okay how would you we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier how would you describe a healthy balance between a gutsy leader and a healthy leader because we talked about some leaders that are you know air quotes gutsy right sometimes come off rude or it's not always healthy what i'm getting at is it's not always healthy to be gutsy all the time right you got to have a good balance between the two so what would you say that well how would you how would you talk about the tension and the balance between being healthy and then being gutsy and having flares of, of yeah I, li- I like the word tension which mm-hmm. means you know it's just a tension to manage you're probably never gonna fully solve it right um i think of unhealthy gutsy leadership we kind of touched on this like you said earlier but uh, you know no accountability mm-hmm. no one to answer to you know, no authority. I'm the leader. I'm just going to be gutsy and go for it. Uh, little to no collaboration. Mm-hmm. You don't take any pushback. I heard from the Lord. I'm going to be gutsy, and we're just going to do it. Kind of a thing. Uh, I think lack of practical wisdom. Yeah. Uh, not considering the timing. You know, or ultimately not not counting the cost. A lot of people are really, really. They think they're gutsy, but they really haven't paid the price or willing to pay the price haven't really considered the cost yeah. haven't counted the cost they don't realize what this gusty situation is going to potentially cost them you know they don't take a lot of they don't take a lot of uh advice they're not mm. willing to be good listeners 
and and you know they frame it in the uh, you know the the understanding of I'm gutsy I'm bold kind of right. thing. It's really not. It's just or I know better. Yeah. yeah, I know better. It's just sloppy, unhealthy leadership. Where healthy leadership guts kind of entails, you know, getting buy-in from other key leaders. You know, different tiers of leaders. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, they lead through the lens of the mission and the vision. Mm-hmm. They're not going to let some status quo safe approach dictate what they're going to do. Right. The mission's at stake. You know, the vision is at stake. And the tough, you know, gusty decision that they're going to make right. is based on accomplishing the task God has for them, right? You know, sometimes gusty leaders, you know, need to, uh, you know, basically step out and do it alone. You know, so let's just get real. You are not always going to get buy-in. And sometimes, I think it's the rare, it's rare, but there are times where gussy leaders, you know, you can't get buy-in from everybody on the team. Yeah. You know, you just know that the Lord is guiding you there, but you've still done your due diligence. Right. You know, you've tried to get buy-in. You've, you've valued everybody's opinion and their approach, and every now and then you got to make that call. That's so good. Um, kind of a side tangent, you know, I, I saw this movie that just came out the other day. I mean, I won't say it so I don't spoil it for anybody. Okay. So it's still relatively new. And um, the leader was trying to get his eight or ten people to do something crazy and do something that everybody else looked at as, you know, this is impossible. This is impossible. Right. The leader, kind of based on what you just said, the leader had to get in – this situation without, you know, spoiling this movie and do it and show everybody that he could do it and not only just do it, but do it better than everybody else. So I don't think it wasn't a showboating thing. It was more so a, an inspiring saying, Hey, we can do this and we can go for it. And he put himself on the line first before he put somebody else on the line, you know? No, I love it because you know, a lot of times people want to say they're gutsy. They haven't even accomplished it. Right. Mm -hmm. And, And that's a model. That's an example and I think I know what movie you're talking about. I've seen it too. <laughs> and, and, and nevertheless, I just think that that in that situation, it wasn't an arrogant statement. It was, I'm going to I'm going to model to you that this incredible, almost impossible right. task that I'm asking you, six or eight people to join me on. Right. I'm going to show you it. It can be done. I'm going to lead the way. That's so good. So, so we got uh, two more questions cool. here. Um, if you could give any advice to somebody who's more timid. That's joining the team, or or maybe they're serving currently. What would you say to that person that that they have a hard time putting themselves out there? Uh, first of all, I'd say that almost all leaders have to face fear. Mm-hmm. So, just because you're you're struggling and you're you're timid, uh, you're you're afraid. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say it's normal, but I think most Christians not only have to deal with it, but most leaders do. You know, the old saying is do it afraid, you know. Mm-hmm. So you're 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 in a you're in a circle of people who are struggling with the same thing you're struggling with. You know, the only difference between them and you is they stepped out to go for it. Yeah. You know. And but at one time they were in the same place you were, kind of playing a little bit safe, a little bit of afraid and timid. So I'm just I I don't want to miss in that that others have been there too. Okay. Yeah. But, and really, the only way to break the fear is you got to step out in faith. Yeah. And the only way to break the uh, timidity is to trust God. The only way to beat the intimidation really is to obey God. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to happen 
you know, by wishing it away kind of a thing. You, you, ultimately, you got to go for it. And I'll give you a little example, a little story. Um, you know, my family, when I was 17, 18 years old, we went bankrupt. I won't bore you with the whole thing. Mm-hmm. But for about almost two decades after that, you know, I had my friends used to say, you got a bankrupt spirit. They used to tease me because I was a little bit of afraid at times financially to take some risk or do some gutsy things financially yeah. because of the fear of that bankruptcy that I experienced as a, as a kid. Right. Um, now, I've always been a tither. I've always been a giver, you know, since, since pretty much since I gave my heart to Christ. But I wasn't really generous. Mm-hmm. You know, and the reason why I wasn't really generous was because I was afraid. I was afraid that I would, I would be without. Yeah. You know, that fear of bankruptcy kind of uh, kind of uh, kept me from from being the giver that God would want me to be and right. being being generous. And it was the only thing that broke that was to start being generous. Hmm. I had to I had to give in gutsy ways. Yeah, I had to listen to my wife, and when when I would say, "Hey, let's give this to Kingdom Builders," or "Let's give this to this missionary," her her number was almost always bigger. <laughs> and and just just doing the gutsy thing. The gussy thing began to break that that fear of of finances that I had for so long, and, and so now bad. I walk away more freedom. But it wasn't until it was I didn't break that 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 intimidation, that timidity yeah. until I stepped out and gave. That's so good. Well, as we wrap up today, do you have any other closing thoughts on this idea, this topic of leadership? Anything you want to double down on, like reemphasize? <sighs> couple things uh, probably the main thing I, w- I would want anybody to miss in all this would be if you don't use your gift to lead or if you don't have the guts to lead this is challenging but who's going to lead our generation mm. you know some of you out there you've got the gift of leadership and you just need the guts yeah you know others of you you got the guts you might need a little bit of wisdom <laughs> but but if if you if you kind of waste that or hold it in, um, then the question is who's going to lead our generation? And right. I think that's one of the problems in our entire society is 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 spiritual people, godly people, who are, God is calling to lead, mm-hmm. aren't stepping out. And as a result, you're seeing a lot of unhealthy shepherding, a lot of unhealthy pastoring, a lot of unhealthy leaders speaking into this generation. Mm-hmm. But at least they're leading, right? You yeah. know, I'm not crazy about some of the stuff I hear. But at least they're at least they're going for it. Yeah. So, my challenge would be to use the gift of leadership that God gave you, and to ask Him for the guts. You have not, because you ask not. Right. And 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 the gift of leadership is basically something that God either gives or He doesn't. Right. The guts you can get. Yeah. You can get through experience, and you can get through asking. But the gifts is really God's decision, right? If you think about yeah. it, Scripture says that the Holy Spirit distributes the gifts the way He desires, right? Mm-hmm. But the guts, are you kidding me right now? The sky's the limit. Don't right. put any limits on God because He can give you those guts. That's so good. I love it. Well, thanks for coming on the show today. Uh, I say this to most of the leaders that's been on so far. Just, we'd love to have you back, obviously, on the show in future things. But um, it's really cool to be able to equip the next generation uh, with the heartbeat of our church, you know. Well, thank um, you. I enjoyed yeah. it. It's been great. But as we close, uh, here's one question we want to reflect on today. So I want you to ask yourself this today. Am I stretching myself to have stronger leadership guts? Gut check mm. time. Am I stretching myself to have stronger leadership 
guts. I'm going to pray and close out this podcast. God, we thank you for today. We thank you that you are helping us grow in the area of leadership. Um, Whether we have a gift or not, God, I pray that you would give us the guts to lead. In Jesus' name, amen.